you know, in some cases where they said maybe they're drunk, is maybe some, I forgot what I was saying. In some cases, maybe it was those looking from afar off at the people speaking to each other, because it said, aren't a lot of these Galileans, so you knew some of the people did not speak your language. But the world hadn't even, wasn't able to just be explored like that. So in a sense, it's not like today where you hear someone speaking French, oh, that sounds like French. Or you hear someone speaking Hebrew or, or Italian, oh, that sounds like it. It just really would have sounded like a lot of gibberish. But what we're saying is, the case may have been that you didn't understand how people understood each other until somebody started speaking to you. You know, in my mind, it's always like, oh, well, maybe everyone sounded like they were speaking English. No, maybe you only understood the person that was speaking to you. And then all of a sudden, you understand French. Not in general, but you know what this guy who's speaking in French is saying to you. And then you have Peter addressing everyone. And the marvel is, we all understand him. You can tell by the look on all of our faces. Though we don't all speak the same language, we know exactly what Peter is saying. Sister, Sister Chen. Maybe you heard of me, and I just kind of like a left behind when the guy was like, I can understand him, he's speaking English. And there's like, like he to translate for him, um, and uh, he was like, I understand him, he's speaking English. And he was like, Look, like, how do you understand this? You know, the way the men at the wailing wall. So it kind of made me think that that's probably how it was. And just kind of like, how is it? You know, just I just. I mean, I'm just love the way it was brought out last week about the tongues being in God's hands. How he took them at the Tower of Bible, that he could give them back for his purpose. And I just think that's just... Yeah. I forgot about I, whether I, we figure out how he did it or not, we just know he did it. I think it's just a miracle in and of itself. Either way, God knows how to mark it so that it can't get... It can't get... Put into so... Um, yeah, that's just what I'm gonna say. I just, uh, I, I, I just keep going back to that, that Tower of Babylon from taking it, and then deciding, okay, for this occasion, I'll give it back. Y'all can understand each other. Amen. Amen. So, so now we have come to the address of Peter, and Peter stands up amongst the crowd and all those who are in. Now remember, this isn't something that's ever happened before. So all those that are present are justified in being skeptical, justified in not understanding. We get that. But when you get to the point you're like, maybe they're drunk. Okay, there was a comedian, I can't remember who it was, but someone said, you never get drunk and do something that you're proud of. <laughs> you know, you don't say, I got drunk and then uh, built some low-income housing, you know, that, that sort of thing. You, you always do something that's embarrassing. Now, to them, they may be embarrassed for them because uh, I don't get what they're saying. Maybe because it, it hasn't gotten to you yet. Or maybe you don't have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. 
So they're at this point now, and Peter has to stand up and address them. And how does he address them? He told them, listen, all of you, this is just the third hour of the day. It's only 9 a.m. What you talking about? This, these men ain't drunk. This is what we just read in Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God, uh, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is just a start. Sister Chapman. to go back to what you're saying. But when Peter addresses them, it makes you kind of think about Jesus when he's like, you're saying in your heart this thing or whatever. Right. And how he addresses them. And if they're talking about him being drunk, because maybe it did sound like gibberish. But then when he starts to speak so that they understand what he's saying, I feel like that's probably that moment for the ones who are saying, oh, they must be drunk. They don't really you know, talking, probably they couldn't understand it, but I think in the moment when Peter spoke and addressed what was said, and then gave the prophecy and how it's being fulfilled, it's like bringing it all together. Again, the whole signature, God puts a signature on it so you can't credit anything else. I feel like it's just so perfect how those naysayers and those people who are, have the negative uh, the negative attitude toward things like uh, the pastor said though that's what was addressed that's the thing that was brought out and that was used to confirm the prophecy mm -hmm. like with Jesus and the lawyer he used right. his question to confirm what he what his spirit was saying right so that's what that was making me think amen We also find here that this is Peter's response to a mocking and jeering crowd. This right. is not him in the synagogue talking to people right, quietly right. waiting to That's hear the word point. of the Lord. And how, how does he do it? He, he quotes three passages of prophecy. It's Isaiah, if you want to write down. Isaiah 44 and 3. Ezekiel 11 and 19, and of course, Joel 2, 28. And in these, these uh, scriptures, he 
establishes that Christ, that God is going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. He also establishes that now with the coming of the Spirit, we have entered the last days. And then finally He, he points to and kind of hints towards a more full and future coming and working of the Spirit as time goes on. So we see those three things that, that, that uh, Isaiah uh, 44 and 3, Ezekiel 11 and 19, and Joel 2 and 28. So think about this for a moment. It's a fisherman talking. Right. All right? This is a fisherman talking. This isn't Paul. You know, this isn't the uh, uh, studied at the feet of Gamaliel, a Pharisee among Pharisees. This is a fisherman talking. Mm -hmm. And he now quotes the Old Testament three major, major Old Testament writers. And where did he study? Say again. And where did he study? And where did he study? Exactly. He would have studied in the synagogue in passing just like everybody else. Showing that God has given access not just to the Spirit, for the Spirit to, the, to, the, uh, to all flesh, but to His Word. Yeah. To the prophecy, to the thing that the only the priests and the scribes had access to now. Now a fisherman is quoting Sunday school stuff before Sunday school came about. Yeah. He's doing what the, what the scribes could not do. The Bible says that when Jesus spoke, he spoke with an authority that the scribes didn't have. They could only analyze what was already written. They couldn't put themselves in the scripture and show the scripture fulfilled in them. But here a fisherman is taking the word of Isaiah, the word of Ezekiel, and the word of Joel, and applying it to the whole continuity of time and the placement of the, the uh, Holy Spirit in that, showing that here the last days have begun. Here the Spirit is now among us and now and going forward, there will be more and more power, more acts by the Spirit and authority that the scribes didn't have. What we're going to find, <laughs> what we're going to find is a reoccurring theme of people who will hear the truth. We, we have so many people... And, and for us today, we don't want to dismiss this and act like it just happened 2,000 years ago Amen. and it's not happening today. The Holy Spirit is still alive and well today. And He should dwell in all of us. But we are living in a day and time where we still run into mockers. We Amen. still have people who say, you got to show me something. Where is it written? And they'll quote books of people who have been dead and gone for years and compare it to something that has life in it. But what they have is just something written by somebody that's dead and had an idea. And they'll stand on it like it's scripture. And it's no wonder then how Jesus said that these things are going to confound the wise and prudent. He put it that way so that a child like Andrew can know what it means to have Jesus as a best friend and still be able to, at his age, disciple 
at his age with his understanding and you try to convince him of something that you read in, in physics and all that, that don't make sense to him. But what I do know, I pray for my brother. I pray for my father. I pray for my uncles, for my aunt, for my mother. And I've seen God work. You convince him otherwise. Or Ernestina, who as a child prayed for her grandfather and seen him here. A grown-up-ish person now. Or anybody who has seen the hand of God at work. The reason why I'm honing in on this is because watch how the thing is laid out. And who is he speaking to? Who is Peter speaking to right now? Mockers. And devout, and devout and the, people. Everybody. Right, a whole mixed bag. Men and women of Judea and anybody that's dwelling in Jerusalem right now. Anybody under the sound of my voice, let me have your attention. He explained what you thought you knew when it came to the scripture, when it came to the prophecy, and applies it now because the Holy Spirit is giving him utterance. It didn't stop because he wasn't speaking in another tongue. The Spirit's still giving him utterance. Telling him what to say and how to break it down for those who don't quite understand it. He's giving them what was said and telling them that this is what you're seeing happening now. And how do people respond? Well, how do they respond to Jesus? This day, the prophecy is come to is fulfilled. Can a man just get up and speak like he has the authority? Like, what'd you expect for the Messiah to look like? How did you expect him to come? Well, if you knew the prophecy like you say you do, you'd know that was him. You look, you look to John. John had disciples, and he told them, look, there he is. And what did they do? I thought he'd be tall. No, they went to where he was and listened to him. We had that challenge of um, if you could go back to any time, any point in time for a week, and you could be anybody for that week, what would it be? Mine, because uh, it changed from time to time. But my first answer was I wanted to be Andrew. At that time, when John the Baptist told him, that's him, go hear him. And they were the first to hear Jesus teach. Just sit at his feet and hear him teach. Uh, how amazing would that be? To be amongst the first to the point where he's like, Peter, you got to come hear this man. This is him. Becoming the first evangelist to tell about Jesus, well, actually, technically, uh, John the Baptist was. But he was able to hear, and he, he was told of one who would come, and they heard it, and they saw it, and they believed. Now Peter is telling them, 
This is what was prophesied. I know there are amongst of you devout men, learned men. Amongst them, where there was a large crowd and they, he spoke to them. We're going to get to the numbers soon enough. He spoke to them and told them what the prophecy said. He said that there were going to be, everybody was going to be affected. My handmaid, they going to be, it ain't going to be, well, the ones who, who are high ups in the church or in the synagogue, those who hold rank. He said, all people, Amen. all flesh, Amen. even your daughters. Even your daughters. And see, and this is something we, we need to address as well, because... There's this idea of women in the church, and and now it's being thought of as a progressive thing, where women are able to do this and women are able to. You're not doing nothing new. Who did Jesus tell to go tell his disciples that he was risen? A woman. Amen. He's resurrected from the dead, and he tells a woman to go tell everybody else. No, that, that's the church. Church of who? Jesus Christ. He commissioned them. Dorcas, Priscilla. Dorcas, yeah, and we'll hear about them uh, later on in, in Acts. This is not something new. Amen. So when, when we start to look and see things that seem to be progressive, go look into the scripture. And then when you see things that you that is supposedly quote unquote progressive and it don't line up with scripture. Maybe go look at that too. Amen. Because we're seeing some of that now too. Amen. I don't care who condones it. Amen. The Pope is wrong too. And, and I'll say that from the rooftops. Amen. He's wrong too. Amen. We're all God's children. No, we're not. We, we, he was created by him. We're not all his children. Amen. He knows those who are his. Amen. <laughs> and there will be those who stand before him. And he will tell you to your face, I never knew you. Amen. How can he not know his children? Amen. You, you don't have to be pressured. I don't care who it is. Amen. It doesn't matter who it is. If God didn't say it, then it ain't right. Amen. And you can't convince others that it is. Well, some will be convinced. Because there will be gnashing of teeth. Amen. That's what some want to hear. Right. It's, it's something that people want to hear. They have itching ears. There's pressure being put on on the church to do this. You can apply whatever. I, I'm not beholden to the government Amen. when it comes to the word of God. Amen. They don't determine what's right. Amen. And as it's we will see in the God. book of Acts, there's going to be so much. This is such a timely piece right now. Because as we get into it, further along the line, you're going to see the same type of thing. You using the law. You using authority. And then and those who were touched by God and moved on by the Holy Spirit stood their ground. Some were stoned. Some lost their life. But we're still preaching that same gospel today. Amen. Don't try to add to it. 
Don't try to make it acceptable for people who don't want to accept God's spirit. You win a popularity contest and you'll have your reward. Because there you won't. You are accountable. I can't play with this thing. There's some things that I may want to do at a particular time and then God says no. People can get on your nerves to the point where you want to say something, but you hold your tongue. There'll be times where, where God tells you don't hold your peace. We're going to get to that too. But he's addressing everybody within the sound of his voice that it doesn't matter what they're saying today. This is what has happened. This is not a new thing in that nobody knew it was going to happen because God said that it would. And you are now experiencing it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of what's going on because God saw it. Remember, he's eternal. Yes. He sees it from that point of eternity. What is time and eternity? That took too long. The snap took too long. Is it a glitch? Is it a, is it a second? When, when the Bible says that to God, a day and a thousand years, it's no difference. They were taken too soon. How do you know? How do you measure one being confined by time? Speaking to the one ancient of days about who was taken too soon. It's in his hands. All souls are mine, saith the Lord. Now hearing something new? They're marveling at what he's saying. We're not going to be able to jump too far into it because I know, I know I want to. All these things that he said would happen, they're happening. This is the start of it. And we're looking and seeing what he says to them. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. See, he brought their attention back to what had happened. This wasn't so long ago. How, how far back are we looking at now? About 40 days, 40 so yeah. Days. A month. 40 right, a little, a little over a month. A <laughs> About a month and a week. So it's fresh in their memory. This is not 20 years later. You recall a time when uh, the son of a carpenter. No, this is fresh in their mind. Because remember, he, he told them to wait. And 40 days after Easter or resurrection, you had Pentecost. And this is happening now. 40 days later. So you guys know what happened. Jesus of Nazareth. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We, we don't want to push that off. We're going to dig into that some more. What does that actually mean? 
think on these things, and we will talk about that next week. What does that actually mean? Those that call upon the Lord shall be saved. And does it mean a little something different coming from Peter? How would Peter know? That'll just be the bonus. How would Peter know that those that call on the Lord shall be saved? We're going to get into the uh, verses 23 and everything because this is, the, uh, verse 22 is just introducing, reintroducing to them who Jesus was. Like the one that you saw doing signs and wonders and miracles and everything. Remember uh, when everybody had the opportunity to set him free and y'all called for Barabbas? That Jesus. Now, this is what follows. That, that's what we're going to get into next week. In addition to. This, we're going to uh, turn over. All right, for homework, I think that uh, just going from what the pastor just said, concerning, um, you're saying verse 22, I would say till about verse 36. Yeah, yeah. That's right, because right. that's, that, that's that David stuff right there. That's some really powerful, yeah. the fisherman talks about David. So um, I'm going to be late. I, it was going to be the crowd's response, which is 37 to 47. We're going to possibly push that back. So, all right, so the homework question, 22 through 36. The homework is number one, consider who and where would you go in the New Testament and why? That's the first question. Who, who, were, who would you go to see or be? And where would you go in the New Testament? Why? And why? Okay, we were just talking about that earlier, about the New Testament. Okay, in Acts, that's a is it? This is a strange question. Uh, You're saying if you could be anybody in the New Testament, right. if you could, like like the the thing oh, that you're going to be that person, not right? You're going to go see. Them. You, or you could be, or you could go see them. Just who would you be, or where would you go, or who would you go to visit in okay, the New Testament, and why? That's that's the first part. That's like the part before, before seven. All right. Second question is Acts chapter two verses twenty-two through twenty-six. Be able to discuss that. This is where Peter is talking to the men of Israel concerning Jesus, and then he speaks a bit about David. 